Hey guys, can we talk? Of course, John Jacob Jingleheimer Nate. We always have time to chit chat with the big cat. Yeah, John Jacob Jingleheimer Nate. Chatting with you is sweeter than sugarcane stew. Well said, Brent. Thank you, Catherine. That's nice, but I'm guilty of a terrible crime. No, you aren't. I am a lawyer, and I've memorized all the crimes, and you didn't do any of them. Yeah, I'm also a lawyer, and I agree with my colleague. You are a glorious shining lantern of innocence and virtue. I know, but the intros last week were an absolute mess. The facts were phony, and the data was downright corrupted. That being said, I've hired the Pinkerton Agency to do a background check on you both, and they assure me that this week is going to be perfect. So let's start the show. You are listening to the North American Friends Movie Club. A show where we talk about films. Movies. And the cinema. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Kate? Sure thing. I'm Kate, and I was bit by a werebro. A werebro? Yeah, it's like a werewolf, but instead of a wolf, it's a bro. Oh no. What happens to you? Every time a college football game starts, I turn into a broski until the clock strikes zero. I start crushing natty lights and sticking the whole chicken wing in my mouth and pulling out clean bones like a cartoon cat. I speak too loud for indoor conversations, and I make my friends learn an elaborate high five that ends with a quote from a TV show we all like. That actually sounds kind of sick, bro. Yeah, bro. It's sick as hell. Let's do a three-way high five. Speaking of broski brozillas, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Brent? Thank you, Catherine. I'm Brent. I'd like to use my time to announce my new partnership with the Nova Scotia A Cancel. The following is a paid promotion from the NSEG. Eggs. Chicken rocks. Yo, caddies. <laughs> no matter what you call them, everyone agrees. <laughs> everyone agrees. There's only one thing that tastes like eggs. Eggs. Fry them. Poach them. Crack a few on the barbecue. They're the most versatile food to ever exist. I know what you're thinking. Oh, but eggs are bad. And that's how the chickens make babies. Grow up. Yes, we eat the chickens' babies. Do you like bread or not? Yeah, man, I love bread. Okay, well, guess what's in bread? Eggs. Exactly. A whole bunch of eggs. So stop being a dick and go and buy some eggs. Okay, and I'm Nate. Let's start the show. This is what it sounds like when we're doing a podcast. We're currently doing one. This is the North American Friends Movie Club. Uh, It's right there in the title of the show. Before Movie Club comes Friends. So, Friends? Well, I don't have much. I'm in a good mood. And I'm headed to vacation after our podcast. So, things are looking up for old Katie. Don't call me Katie. (laughs) You're going to the beach? (laughs) No, I'm going to the Lake of the Ozarks, but I'm going to the west side of the Lake of the Ozarks, located in Warsaw, Missouri, where I want to retire one day. And it is, I don't know why, there's something about just the land and the water. And I just, it's like I could take a deep breath. Is this the Jason Bateman area? Ozarks? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But it's not like that. I mean, there's meth, sure, but not, you know, like, it's there's like meth? anywhere. Well, sure, it's Missouri. It's it's America. No, I, just, I don't, I never saw the movie or the show. I just, is there meth in the show? Yeah, money laundering and drugs. And okay, opium. it just seemed like a weird yeah. thing to throw out there. But how much you love the place? And then your next sure, comment sure, sure, was, sure. there's meth. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, because I think Nate was referring to the the dangerousness of how the show depicted that area. See, and funnily enough, I was actually like thinking about the, how nice the lake was in oh. the show. That was more what I was referring to. <laughs> and you went right to me. No, mess. I like, I like lakes that um, the shorelines are nature. 
um, and mm. not just house, 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 house. And so mm. on the east side of Lake of the Ozarks, it's very densely populated and packed. You should do some zip lining on vacation. Yeah, they don't do that on the chill side of the lake. Um, also, I'm scared of that. So just for a safety place, from safety standard. Are you going to grill? Um, we're for sure. We'll, we'll grill one evening probably because we just have a briquette grill there. So we'll, like, I'm making spaghetti Sunday night. Jamie's, my mom's making uh, brisket for 4th of July on Tuesday. Um, I don't know. How you doing, Nate boy? How you doing, Nate dog? I'm good. I'm good. I I keep telling myself because I noticed when I edit the podcast, I'm like, oh yeah, I never have anything to say during the "How are you doing?" section. I noticed that too. Because I never think about it, and then when when it comes and I, and the pressure's on, I can never think of anything other than like I'm fine. That's, <laughs> I'm always fine. I'm fine. I'm always doing fine. I'm never amazing, and I'm never bad. I'm just chilling. That's awesome. Uh, but I keep telling myself I'm going to write down like bullet points about my life so that I have some interesting stuff to talk about during these sections of the show. And I forgot to do mm. it. So, you know what? I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about what movie we picked first? Yes. So, uh, my birthday is in February. And so, uh, I chose the romantic comedy silence of the lambs for this episode. It is kind of, Based on some of the, the rom-coms we watch, it is close to a romantic comedy. It's just as funny as some of them. There's no humor in this. <gasps> Clarice and Hannibal have more intimacy than a lot of the couples we saw in the romantic comedies. They know more about each other. Yes. And we also see... Okay, well, before we get ahead of ourselves, why don't I go ahead and give the synopsis? Please do. Clarice Starling is an FBI trainee finishing up at Quantico or wherever she's at in Virginia. And she is called in by her superior, Jack Crawford, who asks her to interview Hannibal Lecter because why not? No one, he's not talking to anybody else. She goes to interview Hannibal Lecter, come to find out she was sent there on false pretenses, and actually they are trying to get Hannibal Lecter's uh, expertise on how to find the serial killer Buffalo Bill, who ends up being Hannibal Lecter's ex-psychiatric patient. Uh, He will not share any information with Agent Starling unless she shares Uh, personal or emotional content with him and they eventually find Buffalo Bill and the movie is pretty great. The end. Yeah, correct. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Thank you. Proud of that one. Proud of that one. You know what? It's a, when you were describing it, it made me wonder one question, which is why did they go to, Hannibal in the first place was it just because he's so good at murdering that they were like this guy I'll know it's this guy he understands murders or is it because he was a a psychologist before I think both don't you think Uh, I think yeah yeah okay he's the whole package and the nature of the crimes Mm. is kind of up his alley like missing body parts Mm. but I don't think Jack Crawford knew that Hannibal Lecter was the psychiatrist for no because they didn't they didn't know about the guy with the head in the jar or who buffalo bill really was so it just happened to be totally coincidental that hannibal had a connection to this guy it's a good story i think it, it probably it probably happens a lot behind the scenes that like they don't talk about they use like creepos they use creepos it's like if you're gonna if you're doing like creepo investigating you need to have the creepo on your side well i think that's what did you guys ever watch the show mind hunter loved it yes yes right so that was kind of like that like they're going to talk to the but i guess they're doing more of an assessment versus like going with a case like a specific case well i think everything is so that they can make a like a i don't know how what's the word 
like a guide on how to investigate this kind of stuff. Yeah, that Mindhunter show was great. And it was like the character actors Olympics. Like every week, they just get a new incredible character actor to come in and do like his Hannibal. Who was the tall guy who was the serial killer? Ed Kemp. I was just going to talk about him. Ed Kemp. He How was come there's nothing on this guy? This guy sounds like the most fucked up one. And we never hear any like things about him. But I thought that actor did a phenomenal job. He looked a lot like him, yeah. And the Manson guy. He was like so Manson-y. Oh. He was so Manson-y so that they made him play Manson in another movie. But... Did he play Manson twice? Yeah, I think he was also in the quentin tarantino one uh once upon a time in hollywood i think he was manson in that movie another great movie what a terrible typecast <laughs> i was thinking yeah, the same tough. thing <laughs> yeah, it's tough oh i played hitler in three things who what bad <laughs> character would you want to be typecast as i'll go first okay not okay. Charlize theron's monster lady okay not her <laughs> no you, oh you don't so the question is what who you don't want to be typecast as? No, they, the question was who do you, but I answered it by oh. saying that I don't. So you asked the question, <laughs> and then when it, and then you answered first, but before you answered, you just you just flipped the question. Yeah. Hey, cool. You should have did it. That'd you should have went last. Let me and Nate expose ourselves as wanting to be some kind of serial killer. And at the end, you should have gave that answer, and like me, and Nate was like, yeah. oh, I was going to say Richard Ramirez. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, Brett wants to be the fucking Night Stalker. Awesome. Well, no, you're not wanting to be him. It's just that that's your essence. You'd be David Koresh, I feel. Yes. Nate is David Koresh. You have long hair, and you probably wear those glasses well, and you're you're very charismatic, and people would listen to you. See, in my head, I'm like I'm more like the guy from Blackbird. Do you guys know that show? No. Uh, if you saw a picture, if you saw Google a picture, it. you'd be like, <laughs> that's because I feel like that guy <laughs> is more of my essence unfortunately i could i could kind of see it you need shorter hair are you talking about the are you talking about paul walter hauser who or taryn egerton i'm clearly talking about paul walter hauser You did it so nice, Case. No, I'm being, I'm just no, being sincere. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the guy and the two guys together. <laughs> they have a handsome face oh. and an angular nose. Oh my god. I, I love that you thought that I could have the confidence to think that I was Taryn. So that actually gave me more confidence. I'm feeling good. <laughs> Looking at pictures of wrestlers and Kate's like, Brent, are you considering yourself as the Undertaker or Rey Mysterio Jr.? <laughs> and you're like Paul Bearer. <laughs> I was I was Paul Bearer. <laughs> oh, that was uh, good. Well, why don't we talk about our favorite parts of this movie? Yeah, okay. My favorite part is where he wears the face of another man to escape. Surprise. That the first time I saw the movie, I remember being so surprised and like disgusted. It was fantastic. Yeah. I think that was the part of the movie that made me feel the most conflicted because I did find myself really liking Hannibal. You root for I couldn't help it, but I'm like, I kind of like this guy. Like, I know he's, I know I don't want to like let him bite me, but uh, he's kind of interesting dude. And then that scene, he just goes off basically from the murdering of the police officers to the cutting off the face. And I'm starts to start thinking to myself like, ah, maybe this guy ain't so good. <laughs> well, I mean, I still. Kind of problematic. They make, they frame it where you really want him to escape. And they make the cops like none of them are nice. So it's not like he murdered a nice cop. They're all rude 
rude cops. Here's my I struggle, and I promised myself I wasn't gonna do this. I said you can't do this on a podcast that tens to hundreds of people listen to. You can't do this, but I'm gonna dip my toe into the the water of it. I think he's good. Uh, oh, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> this is why I didn't want to do it. Well, I'm dipping my toe into it. That and this is going to sound. It it's going to sound insane to say this. I'm going to say it out loud. So here's why I wanted him to escape. Because the way he talks about art and the world and people and things, anything, he has such an appreciation for life and things that he likes and architecture, art, music, books. He gets more out of life than a lot of people. And I think he should. (laughs) I think I was hoping that he gets to experience more of that. (laughs) He enjoys life more than a person that's just out doing whatever. He enjoys life more than me. You're making an interesting point, Brent. I would not go as far as to say that he is good. No, good was the wrong way. I think good was the wrong term. I was just rooting for him. You like his joie de vivre. You like the way his jib is cut. I feel like (laughs) I I, I wanted him to escape is all I'm saying. So he could get back to enjoying life, really enjoying art and music and books. That's what the, the creators of these projects do. They want to evoke feelings and people to enjoy them and who enjoyed any of this stuff more than him. And I wanted him to enjoy it. I didn't, I don't want him to murder. Didn't want him to murder anybody. No eating. I disagree. Cause I was, when I knew he was going to, at the end, when he's going to murder that prison, warden, Dr. Chilton, Chilton, I was kind of like happy. I was kind of like inside internally. I was like, yeah, get him Hannibal. Okay. So for the record, I said, <laughs> I wanted him to escape so he can enjoy art. Nate and said, Nate said. <laughs> he wanted him to escape so he could kill a man. Yeah. That's so Kate, I did feel that. Kate and said, Kate said I'm I wanted a Nazi. him to escape. No, because I liked how he wore that other, that dead man's face. Mm, yeah. Well, here's another thing that I'm going to dip my toe into. Murdering is bad, right? We agree. Get, get, get on that. Get that on the record. That's on the record. Murdering is terrible. We agree. Nate, do you agree? Yeah, I'm going to get on the record and say murder is bad. Bad. I'm going to, you know what? Just to be safe, if anyone's listening, I think all crimes are bad and I would never do it. I don't think all crimes are bad. I think there's good crimes. <gasps> dude, dude, you're going to need this in court. So no. Just say, say, say you love the law. Say you love the I law. I don't. Say I love all the laws. I love all Says the laws. Says I love the laws and justice. <laughs> but we agree that murdering is bad and it's terrible, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we I didn't get that say on the it record. was terrible. <laughs> it's it's we, it's frowned upon, and we don't definitely we're, on the record. We're a non-murdering podcast. We just okay. Yeah, yeah. We disavow. I think we can all get behind that. Kill no good. Kill no good. Boo. But Boo. there are. We're always gonna. We can. We all agree that there's always gonna be murderers, right? Definitely. And now we're always gonna agree that there's always gonna be baseball players, right? Sure, I hope God, I hope so. So you want your baseball players to do what, Nate? You want them to be what? Want them to play ball? And do do the best they can. I want them to be utility players. Break records. You want them to break records, be the best, get the big money, highlights, everything. So why not? If you're going to be a murderer, there's going to be murderers anyway. So why not be the most fucked up one? Well, I think that's what people are thinking. Yeah, he's the MJ. So another reason why I want him to escape. Because he's LeBron. You wouldn't put MJ in a, ca- in, in a glass cage. <laughs> it's a it's a good point until until he's headed towards you and you're the one yeah. he's murdering. Yeah, I agree. But I'm just saying in the movie, I wanted him to escape. So you were pleased when he did. 100%. Yeah, me too. Somehow. I... I, I I I I think that might be one of the most um confusing and good parts of this movie is that you know how horrible Hannibal is and you still are kind of cheering for him. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not like like you're definitely cheering for Jodie Foster, you want 
nothing but good things for her, but there's, it's not as exciting or you're not as committed to Hannibal, but there's a party that's like, yeah, I'm glad. That's a cool wig, Hannibal. Keep keep being sneaky. <laughs> they, there's a part of the movie that said that he ate somebody's face or whatever, and his pulse mm-hmm. never went over 85. Mm. That was cool. That was cool. <laughs> what's and something that's that, real, too. What's something that you guys consider most people would find crazy that you guys do all the time where your pulse wouldn't go up? Mm. Podcasting? Yeah, that's a good one. Sure. Speaking in public, yeah. singing yeah. in public. That's a good one. See, I cannot speak in public. Can't do it. Can't. <laughs> well, put a head, put some headphones on, and turn around. I, I would <laughs> like be so much pretend. better. <laughs> like if I had got if, over the course of my life, if I had gotten to do all my groomsmen speeches just by turning around, I would have been a lot more comfortable. Behind a curtain, like they do at, in courts, where they don't want people to see the witness. Yes. <laughs> With with the voice modulator. <laughs> I knew Brian since we were in the fifth grade together. When he when he met Katie, I knew. <laughs> it reminds me of that story I've told you guys before. But my grandpa died when I was like in high school, and they asked me to sing a hymn. And I went back into this room in this funeral home that had the organ and it had the sound system set up, and there's a microphone. But I'm like, you can't see me. And so I start singing the song and then I'm just like overcome with grief. So I just start like loudly bawling into the microphone while mm-hmm. the organ music is playing. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, if you're going to do something, do it the best. If you're going to be sad, you're supposed to be a sad figurehead. Be sad. Be sad. Exactly. Cry into the organ. Yeah. Um, it was Brett, a- when the when he sniffed the holes in the in the glass to smell mm-hmm. or perfume, Weird. it would have been funny if he had it said orchid explosion. That- <laughs> By forty eight. By forty eight. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that? Uh, so I watched. I really. So just to get on the record, I really like this movie. I I'd seen it maybe ten years ago, but I don't think I really like appreciated it at the time Same. but watching it through this time i really really enjoyed it and so i watched a behind the scenes documentary about Ooh. it and they were talking about it actually took them a long time to dis- to design his cell and they tried all sorts of different bars at different widths and stuff but they couldn't get the close ups that they wanted for that scene so mm. then they introduced that glass cage on the front of the cell so that they could do those close-ups and then he just improvised smelling Jodie Foster's perfume through those holes like that's how good at acting Anthony Hopkins is is he's just gonna take a moment like that that we all remembered from the movie we all clocked that moment it's like that's not even the script he just gave us that little gift that is I'm gonna say it pretty dope <laughs> oh, neck he's improvised the whole thing <laughs> he was king lair <laughs> you bet you didn't know that neck that's why i'm on the movie podcast and you're not <laughs> you guys got it you guys really know me yeah, I, exactly what, oh my god i would have been inconsolable after me sue's come on me <laughs> oh and the act like I I didn't want to, but I did wrote write down the phrase come throwing accuracy. Like oh, that's yeah. that was he crazy. Nailed it. That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. It, in her hair of all the worst spots to put it. But it wasn't in the next that's- the very next scene it was gone, and that bothered me. I'm like, we're doing a no, sick I, movie. I, I'm so glad I didn't have to see No, it. they should have. Like- and I thought, let's make it let's step it up. If we're gonna fucking play ball, let's play some ball. No. Um, another part I wrote down is when she was trying to get into the storage unit and, um, she was trying to wiggle her way in and she cut herself. Yeah. The worst thing was she ripped her, her pants cause they're work pants and people that yeah. work know that you don't have a lot yeah. of work pants. No. And they're always worn. She doesn't come from money. Yeah. Like if I, I tear, I rip work pants in the, the crotch a lot, like I, cause they're scrubs. And I, mm-hmm. when I bend it and, some, and I'm like, fuck. I know because I'm like we talked about how it's hard to get pants for us. 
you don't want to work like that was one of the saddest parts of the movie. It's for hard me. to find size twenty inseams. <laughs> well, I'm doing the math in my head. Wait one second. Like inches? You make you call me yeah, short. short, yeah. short That's what joke. I figured. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's fine. It, it's, it's fine. You walked in. I'm sorry. I had a visual. You know those long people that wear the long shorts. This is gonna this is gonna be a thing for the next two minutes, so I'm just gonna be quiet while she gets out of her system. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Miss Melissa's like I washed your capris and, and Brett's like, you mean my normal pants? You mean my dress pants? They're Jinkos, they're Jinkos. Oh my god, I'm crying. Oh my god. Oh my god, because I have this visual of like how wide the, <laughs> they'd be at the bottom. You mm-hmm. didn't hide your shoes. <laughs> People think I'm levitating when I'm walking. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Did you, uh, when you were watching this, Brent, did you get a lot of Kate vibes from Jodie Foster. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. The whole movie. I'm like, that's Kate's in the movie. Look, it's Kate again. Literally my <laughs> next point was Lecter would have had an amazing podcast because of the way he talks to uh Clarice Clarice Starling. Yeah. Well, that's a compliment, guys. Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. His accent is insane and I love it. Like it's not an accent. It's it's like not yes. American. It's not an English accent. It's just some accent that nobody's ever had ever. But it's very important to the success of this movie. I agree. It's kind of like European, upper crust European. Yeah. Yeah. Or something. Like he was like like he grew up in Europe until he was nine and then he moved to America. So is it, he's kind of got an American accent. Right. But he's also kind of just pretending to have one almost. Like, he's like, your little shoes. And your, <laughs> your bag. Shoe. <laughs> like, what? what's right. going on here? You know what you look like to me with your good bag and your cheap shoes? You look like a rube. A well-scrubbed, hustling rube with a little taste. Good nutrition's giving you some length of bone, but you're not more than one generation from poor wire trash, are you, Agent Starling? And that accent you've tried so desperately to shed, pure West Virginia. What is your father to you? Is he a coal miner? Does he stink of the land? He has such a sense of like uh, drama and presentation and like manipulation. I can't. That's talk why I like liked that. him because he he appreciates stuff. Um, it had there's so many little details for his character too, like the his prison uniform is like tailored to fit him mm-hmm. unlike most baggy prison uniforms. And the the thought behind it was like, Oh, he would have figured out a way mm-hmm. like Hannibal would have figured out how to bring his, his shirt and pants in so that it's perfectly tailored yes. to fit him in prison. Like looking trim. And you don't talk about that. You just visually do it. And there's something subconsciously that happens because it really did. When he's standing, you're like, this guy looks different than a normal prisoner he's just different he was able to talk migs into killing himself that's what i was Mm -hmm. gonna say what do you think he said to migs to make him want to kill himself where did you grow up migs (laughs) why do they call you migs migs (laughs) (laughs) tell me about your father migs was he an angry man Yeah, so right there, he obviously knows what he's talking about. Um, do you guys remember the scene where um, Buffalo Bill um, kidnapped the the girl, like the girl he put in the well? Yeah, and she um, he's in the parking lot waiting for her, and he has a night vision goggles. That was a little overboard. A hundred percent. Fucking night vision goggles in a parking lot. <laughs> It was harder to see with the night vision than without it. I was like, this guy's going to get caught right away. Do Mm -hmm. you think they were just doing that to telegraph that for the ending so it wouldn't be weird when he. A hundred percent. Well, they could have. It was very heavy handed the way they did it then. 
Yeah, I would say that is true. It, it was it was heavy handed. Yes. <laughs> and then immediately she walked up to him. He had a cast on, and she walked up to him. I was going to say, him. speaking of heavy handed, yeah. <laughs> she, she said, "You look kind of <laughs> handicapped." I'm like, "Well, she's fair game now. Take her." <laughs> That was it. Was a different time in 1990. That's still see, I, it's just a cast. No, I see. I thought she that she was doing banter. She was saying like, "Oh, I can see that you have an injury. You have so I'm." She was doing kind of. She was being nice. Say to it. Me. Say I nice. see you have a little injury there. I mm. would never help anyone do that. Well, not after seeing this. Well, she shouldn't well, have got sure. in the. She shouldn't have got in the van. It's like the fucking rule number one. I have one. been always terrified of. Men and vans, even before mm. this movie. So, mm. no thanks. Wouldn't work on me, Jeffrey Dahmer. Nice try, Dahmer. Nice try, Ted Bundy. The movie did a good job of not of just letting you know what's up. Like the transitions they did. Um, they said uh, they talked about oh who's going to be or I think he said something about Bill's next next who's going to be his next victim or before his next victim and immediately cut to her singing the Tom Petty song. I'm like, boom, mm. there's yeah. no confusion there. More movies should do that. Make it easier on us. Something I heard on Unspooled is how the camera work always centers her. So you always feel like you feel how much pressure she has on her and how much she is looked at. Because Lecter also references that. How does it feel to always be the center of attention or everyone's always looking at you. I noticed that it was, it was, yeah, the camera angles were like that. So Jodie Foster followed this female FBI agent around for a really long time to prepare, prepare for this movie. And the female FBI agent is the one who suggested the scene after she gets the come thrown in her hair, she's out at her car and she just cries. You know what I mean? For a minute. Yeah. Because like what you see is that she can do the job. She is in control and like we are human and you have to let those emotions go or you be, you can't do your job. Like it's both. I think that, and also I liked the part where um, Jack Crawford apologizes to her for uh, speaking down to her in front of men. And she, she communicates to him like, it's important the way you speak to me because they look up to you. Like you have to yes. yeah. toe the line. It was a really good scene because he was so casual about his apology to the point where he's actually like, a, like his eyes are closed and his head's against the window in the car. Like he is so relaxed and he's kind of saying it to her like, Hey, sorry, I talked to you like that, but no big deal. I look how nonchalant I am. And then she's so serious when she replies, she's like, no, actually they are watching you. This is really important. I thought that was such a fucking good scene. I do. I agree. I agree. When she saw the fingernail in the well, that's rough, man. That's when you know. <gasps> that was very upsetting when I was younger. Yeah. That's when you know, I'm not probably not going to make it out of this one. No, that's rough. Also, ouchy, but having your fingernail ripped off. No, there'd be so mm. much adrenaline you wouldn't even know. Good point, but hopefully you die before the adrenaline wears off. Um, when they had him on display, like he was King Kong, unbelievable, loved it in the museum with the jail cell around. Beautiful, that That's what was pretty dope. That's exactly how they displayed King Kong, and I'm like, this is. I think that was done intentionally. They might not admit it, but like two like attractions like that. And he got everything. I thought it seemed like a. I would be so comfortable there. He had everything I like. I like reading. I like classical music. I like beds and napping. I like meals being brought to me by men in uniform. Um, the last thing I I, I want to mention is we we talk about how bad he is and how crazy and just is the worst of the worst, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. At what point can we stop calling him doctor? Dr. Lecter. For the rest of Dr. his life, Lecter. he earned that. Dr. Did he Lecter. really, though, at that point? Hey. He's a psychiatrist. He went yeah. to medical school. He got it. He, yeah, yeah. I'm with Kate. He, he's still the doctor. You don't have to, but if you want to, it's not inappropriate. To call him Dr. Lecter. And I'm sure Clarice does that to 
just because she's trying to create like a rapport with him. Oh, I understand would. why she yeah. would, but like everybody else called him doctor too. It's like, oh, he's kind yeah, of like fucking. the cops should have been like Hannibal. Yeah, hey, well, I Hannibal would have gave him a Yeah, exactly. You guys ever eaten human flesh? Not yet. I would if it depends on how it was prepared. Okay. And it, it, I how mean, would you get it? Um, I'm talking about like the situation is totally legal and non-legal binding. I would probably try it depending if it was cooked, like if it was grilled, probably. Would you eat humans to survive, Nate? Uh, no, but that's just because I don't care about surviving. Thank you. Okay. Love that. That's a great answer. Jesus Christ. Really? Well, just like, like anytime I watch a zombie show, and like people are going through so much just to exist. I'm like, why? What? What's the point here, guys? What? So you can be fucking scared all your life, and every time you hear a noise, you're like, bah! <laughs> "Fuck!" Next, when we're hanging out, I'm gonna be like, "Fucking Jesus!" Hope shit doesn't go down with Nate here. I don't have any backup at all. <laughs> like Nate, we gotta fight him off. Like, do we? <laughs> do we? We're in like the subway, and someone pulls a knife. You're like trying to open the window, so you just fall out. I'm like, no, oh, Nate, <laughs> you might not stab us. I just lay down on the tracks, and I say, "Here, just do me here. <laughs> just do it. Just, just do it right here." <laughs> well, <laughs> then he runs away because you've scared the guy with the knife. I don't want to be in, in his, like that situation with you though. That now and I know that if it's zombie it's that, like apocalypse happens and we're hanging out i'm like buddy you can't you can't give up yet <laughs> <laughs> like we're literally two miles from safety and nate's like nope too hard this might be a mild apocalypse this might be over in like four days don't give nate's up like, on nope. me <laughs> nope i can't have internet for a week <laughs> two tubes are fucked 10 minutes into the apocalypse and i'm just like getting into bed for a nap <laughs> Like, yeah, exactly. I can't be given a, a pep talk 20 minutes into this thing. <laughs> like, that's where we're still figuring out the basics at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't be worried about you at that point. I hope I never have a dossier written about me. Mm-hmm. I think you're in a lot of trouble if someone's writing a dossier about you. Uh, that reminds me. flattering, though. I also hope that I never get in a situation where the term quid pro quo is, <laughs> is used a lot. Yeah. You're in trouble yeah. because you're having a hard time saying it, or I, you quid, don't. I said crow. I know I said crow. Um, quid pro quo. Yeah. Fuck. We need Kate. to think of a joke. We need you to think are, of a joke. You are the. No, you are. You are the podcast mental version of Doctor Lecter. Yeah, Doctor Lecter. <laughs> you take my. You're soul. basically just said to Brent. Do you like? Where'd you get those shoes, Brent? <laughs> <laughs> Where are your pens from, Brent? <laughs> are those special order? Oh, fuck. Is, oh, fuck, that's that's good. I have one last note, you guys. Oh, my God. I think it's really important. I just want to check in with you guys. Um, at the end of the movie, uh, Hannibal's on the phone with Clarice, and he's like, I'm about to have an, have an old friend for dinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know that he was talking about how he, he was going to eat that guy? Yeah, we caught on to that yes. one. Yeah, he's going to eat that guy. Yeah, he's going to eat him. That's that's what he meant. He should have did he the did. noise he did earlier in the movie. Like, <laughs> 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 he should have did that afterwards and just hung up. Yeah, or, yeah. or pretend to hang up and just go <laughs> for like forty five seconds. <laughs> All right, now do, now do the transition, Brent. Catherine, do you have a quiz? Brent, I love the energy. I sure do. I've got seven questions. Ooh. No, I don't. I have eight questions. Okay. Eight. Kate's got eight. You guys ready? Ready. Number one, what other movie premiered in 1991? Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Goodfellas, Reservoir Dogs. um, I'm going to guess, I will first, if that's okay with you, Nathan. I'm going to guess the Excellent Adventure one. Okay. I'm going to guess Reservoir Dogs. 
The correct answer is Bogus Journey. <laughs> I couldn't remember which one was first. I'm on the board. Fuck. Number two. What is the name of Jodie Foster's wife? Hillary, Kit, Alexandra, Cindy with a Y. Oh, why'd you have to say Cindy with a Y? It threw everything yeah. off. That's so specific. Uh, I'm going to go C. Um, Alexandra? Yeah. I'm going to go A, Hillary. The answer is C, Alexandra. This is annihilated. Wow. Whoa! No! Oh, I can't. I can't be a one and done guy. I can't. <laughs> you got to get back in yeah. this. Number three. What country is Dr. Lecter, Dr. Lecter's people from? Germany, Finland, Austria, Czechoslovakia. His people? Mm-hmm. Like, what are, who, like his family? Mm-hmm. Um, it's my turn to go first. I'm going to say Austria. Okay. Mm, this is hard, because I think I saw during my research that in the book, at least, he was supposed to be from Lithuania. So what would they have made it in the movie? I'm going to guess the Ch- Czech Republic. Is that one of the, is that an option? Yeah. D is Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia. Okay. The correct answer is C, Austria. He's heating up. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Three-way tie. Yep. Number four. Jack Crawford is based on a real person who was also portrayed in this TV show. Criminal Minds, Mindhunter, FBI, Hunted. Mindhunter. Okay. I'm going to go. This is strictly gut. I'm going to go with Hunted. The correct answer is Mindhunter. This is annihilated. Whoa! No! Why? Uh, we just talked about it. Why wouldn't I guess that? I always second guess myself. I'm so I up in my head right now, and I got to do something to get out of it right now. Before do some push-ups. Before I fall <laughs> back push-ups. too quickly. I got to do something. Number five. Is Nick sexually attracted to Jodie Foster? Yes or no? It's my turn? No. Yeah, it's my turn. <laughs> He's not. Nick, does. it's not doing it for him. Okay. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. He's on fire! Nick is not sexually attracted what? to Jodie Foster. <laughs> Am I sexually attracted to Anthony Hopkins? Yes or no? Yes. Oh, at the track record of this show, yes. The answer is no. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Wow, we're all tied up, folks. Twos across the board. All you, right, two questions you, left. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, there's no point in getting into it. I can't no. argue with a woman about who she's sexually attracted to. I can't. It's true. Yeah. I think he's cute, but I'm not sexually attracted to him. You like literally last episode... We made fun of Roy Orbison, and you were like, "Well, it doesn't have to be. He could be talented to be sexually attractive." Yeah, you're like, "I want to kiss Roy Orbison." Who's more talented than Harry Lecter? I think what he does. You literally. I didn't say I was sexually. I, you're, you're, you're in the weeds. I could get into it, and I could defend myself, and everything would be logical and make sense. But I want to focus back on the quiz, Brent. Okay, okay. so love, let's circle love back. That, love that move. Okay. <laughs> let's circle back. Absolute power move. Yes. Go hard. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number seven. Um, at the end of the movie, cake is cut into. What letters were removed? D-E-P-T? Oh, my God. Or N-E-N-T-O? Or J-U-S-T? Or ICE. ICE is my guess. Okay. I'm going to go DEPT. The answer is the just, J U S T, part of justice. I thought they went in from the top right, like the two o'clock position. They did. I fucked it up. 
I fucked it up. <laughs> this okay, is so I'm by, winning by one. And by the way, this is just an absolutely amazing quiz. You did a great job. Thank you. I'm enjoying myself, even though I'm hating it. <laughs> I couldn't ask for a better compliment. Yep. Okay, last question. In a 1990... <laughs> Doing a great job, just yeah. like Greg just said. Yeah. Great job. Absolutely knocking it out of the park. Oh, my God. In a 1992 interview with Playboy magazine, the feminist and women's rights advocate blank stated, I thought it was absolutely outrageous that The Silence of the Lambs won four Oscars. I'm not saying that the movie shouldn't have been shown. I'm not denying the movie was an artistic triumph. But it was about the evisceration, the skinning alive of women. That is what I find offensive, not the Playboy centerfold. So the question is, what went feminist and women's rights advocate said that? And your options are Bell Hooks, Gloria Steinem, Naomi Klein, Betty Friedan. Gloria Steinem. I'm going to say Naomi Klein. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Give me the beat, boys, and free my little soul. And the correct answer is Betty Friedan. God damn it. God damn it. Uh, do you guys want to do some gold medals? Yeah. Uh, let's start with you, Kate. Who did you give your bronze medal to? I want to give my bronze medal to Ted, Tom or Ted Levine. Who, Ted Levine. Ted Levine. Jamie Gum. Buffalo Bill. He is a creepster. Did a great job. Yeah, I gave him my bronze medal as well. Uh, this is this this role fucked up his career really bad, as often happens when you play somebody monstrous in a movie. They'll just cast you as scary motherfuckers for the rest of your career. But he uh, super duper committed to the performance and was creepy as fuck. For sure. Yeah. He's got my bronze as well, because like <gasps> trifecta. Yeah. Um the scene with the robe and he's the that's a robe that's not a house coat he had a robe on good point <laughs> that was 100 that's what you do with robes that's exactly yeah. what i've been saying yeah. all he these made episodes. your point for you thank he did. you and this is what another example actually we're gonna switch it around we're gonna go bronze is gonna be jody foster oh you're gonna bump ted up to silver we'll get there okay um, okay yeah uh, Jodie Foster is going to get bronze. I think she did great. I didn't like the very first scene where she was sweated through a turtleneck and a sweatshirt by taking a light hike. That bothered me. Um, oh, I'd have been sweating like a pig going up that hill. <laughs> no. um, I think she was good. And I think she she walked the line like um, you guys pointed out between, uh, you know, being a female in that role. So I think she did great. I'm giving my silver to old Tony. Uh, you know, Tony. Tony Hopkins. Oh, you mean Tone? <laughs> you mean Tone Hops, the person who I'm giving my silver medal to? Yeah, I know Tone Hops. He's just one of our one of the world's greatest white male actors. He can really he can do it. He's amazing. He really is so um this this is an insane role and he plays it super subtle for the majority of the movie and he's so creepy and charming somehow. And yeah, I, he's so good. I'd give him my silver too. Uh, my silver is going to go to Mr. Ted Levine who played Buffalo Bill. Um, yeah. He did that scene with the robe. robe. <laughs> and I, um, I wanted to point it. I said many episodes and I've battled online with people and in real life about robes and house coats. What's the <laughs> difference? Yeah. That's the difference. Vindication, finally. That's, episode what, that's what you do in a rope. You don't dance naked and pretend you're a woman after you did your makeup with the house coat on. That's where Fred, the robe comes from. Don't tell out. me you've never done that before. Tucked it and danced? Only when he's wearing a robe is what he's saying, Kate. And he doesn't not, own not one? Not in a house coat. Okay. I don't do that in a house coat. We called, in Festus, we called that bulldogging, but you have to turn around. Uh, what? Uh, 
Uh, Are we still talking about talking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's talking yeah. about bulldogging. We're still talking about bulldogging. talking. <laughs> Kate, tell us when you were growing up in Festus, what do they call bulldogging? <laughs> yeah, when you, you tuck your penis and genitals behind you, and then you bend over, and it looks like a bulldog. He, he vindicated me for the robe, and he gets the silver for that. Excellent. Who'd you, who'd you give your gold to, Kate? Well, I think we know who I gave my my uh, my soul sister, Miss Jodie Foster, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who turned a turned a, a childhood acting career into a a very wonderful career in film as a director and whatnot. She is super intense. She's one of those actors that I don't think she could ever play like easy breezy like you know we just got through the month of romantic comedies with like meg ryan and julia roberts and there's that whole like completely the opposite of anxious that we've seen and she is just so intense there's so much burning under the surface that i would find her uncomfortable to watch in a lot of movies but in this role she's so perfect and it really great deserved the oscar for sure was she in B- the Bad News Bears, or was that another gal who looked like yeah. her? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a girl who looks oh. like Jodie Foster. I'll look it up. <laughs> I think I, and she was she, in Maverick. I love Maverick. Oh, she's actually. You know what? I I take back what I said because you're totally right. She's very charming in Maverick. She's easy breezy in Maverick. I take it all back. I was wrong, and it's Tatum O'Neill. That's who's in Bad that's News it. Bears. Jodie Foster was originally cast as Amanda for Bad News Bears, but she dropped out in order to play Iris in Taxi Driver. Oh, my gosh. Talk about that. (laughs) What a good choice, though. I mean, what an iconic movie both ways. Sarah Jessica Parker tried out for the role. In the Bad News Bears? Yeah. Oh, that wouldn't be a cult classic, I'll tell you that much. Um, Yeah, like they're talking about, and then she starts talking about big. Yeah. <laughs> my gold no, is it my turn? Yep. Yep. My gold medal goes to old Tone Hops. Tone Hops. He <laughs> is such like it's so when they first show him in the his cell and he's got the like Nate said the perfectly tailored prison suit and the slick back hair and the sterile bright white lights. It's so perfect. And this is not to brag or anything, but I, I read the book of this movie and everyone always says the books are better than the movie. This is a rare exception because he did such a good job bringing that character to life that the Ah. movie's better than the book. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. He is so good at this character. He is better than anything that you could imagine by reading a book. I I can totally see that because just watching him is so interesting. Like, if somebody just put together a reel of all the monologues he goes on in this movie. I would watch that and just be like, look at this guy go. <laughs> oh, and that, that reminded me of one thing I was going to say about the scene, favorite scenes where he ate, uh, when he first got the taste of blood in the cell, the, when he killed the cops, yeah. he looked so relaxed. Killing for him is like getting in the tub for me. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's all I have. Yeah. And that's where we'll leave it. Yep. Uh, you guys want to give this movie a rating? Sure. Absolutely. The script for this movie. 10. Yeah, 10. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I, I gotta say 10, man. This is a fucking yeah, good-ass movie. Everything man. is connected and done well makes the, sense yeah the villains are villainous the heroes are heroic you're not going to get any more villainous than what we saw with ted levine and tone hop no no <laughs> teddy levs fuck no <laughs> t levs yeah when the levy breaks that's when you T-Lev. know <laughs> and t hop bulldog and a bulldog levine <laughs> Uh, the music for this movie. What do you guys think of the music for this movie? Suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Normally, you know, my rule when it comes to movies or and music, it's it's got to have bangers. So this is not a movie that you need bangers. Everything was suspenseful. I'm going to give it a uh, a nine point five. I would have liked to have one banger in there. Ooh. 
Yeah, I'll also get. I'll give it a nine because it. Yeah, no bangers in Silence of the Lambs. I'm yeah. gonna. I I I hate to disagree with my co-hosts, but this movie does in fact have a banger in it. Tom Petty's classic American <gasps> Girl, oh, which is true. undoubtedly a banger. This movie gets a ten. I think I'm changing mine to ten. I I'm changing mine to actually at, at eight point five. Oh, he's taking it down. <laughs> what, a, what a nerd. I'm not a nerd. I think Tom Petty is probably one of the most overrated musicians no, of our generation. No, no. And, and even more so, I would recommend everybody listening to this show, uh, go listen to the song Don't Do Me Like That by Tom Petty. Also, absolute banger. I would also like to. I would also recommend people listen to uh, "Break Stuff" by Limp Biscuit. It's a good song. Okay, I listened okay. to that oh today. God. Are you kidding? What's, what's no. the song? What's, been, <laughs> I, I, honor, I, try, I was doing a bit where I was pretending to be a Limp Biscuit guy, and it made and me into a Limp Biscuit guy. It accidentally happened. I listened to like eight Limp Biscuit songs today. "Chocolate Starfish" and the hot dog flavored water is an album. I'm telling you. Okay. So I, well, if, I so think you everyone listen to listening, that. everyone listening, when you hear Brent talk about other stuff, just remember that statement that he made and that how positive <laughs> he, he was about it. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, and then what? After that, you listen to that song where it's like, wow, down with sickness. That should be what you get played for when you uh, get a question right. <laughs> The art direction in this movie. What do you guys think about? Uh, um, I thought the cum looked real. I'll give it a ten. Someone had to make that, and yeah. Kate's right. Do you think maybe nah, it was good? It was good consistency. Um, but art direction, everything was dark, and like the the prison was dark and dingy, and then contrasted with the bright light, and like when he was being transported, he was on like King Kong and his hair and she was super modest and Buffalo Bill with the robe and the the, the butterfly c- chrysalis in the mouth. Uh, everything was perfect. It's getting a 10. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta agree with you guys and give it a 10 as well. I think the costumes were great. The sets were great. The <laughs> gr- gross stuff. I love how you just summed up everything I said with two words, the costumes and the sets. And I'm like going off like, oh, there's a butterfly in her throat. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's exactly what I wanted to say. The costumes and sets were good. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then the, uh, all the gross stuff, the movie makeup for the gross stuff was all really good as well. So yeah, definitely a 10. Yeah. You couldn't tell that was a different guy's face until he took it off. That was good. Um, this was an American psychological horror film as a psychological horror film. What would you give this out of 10? I'm going to give it the old, uh, one zero. The old 10. Um, very psychological, very horror. Yeah. You're not going to get more psychological than this. Um, and that's, that's right in my wheelhouse. You know me, Nate. Mm-hmm. That's right, in my wheelhouse. That's gets a ten for me. I, I gotta give it a ten, especially because I do not uh, like horror movies usually, or at least I don't enjoy them. Uh, and this is the perfect amount of horror for yeah, me. Everything horror. was balanced. It was like a, it was a really good meal at like a really good restaurant. It made yes. sense, and yeah. there wasn't anything in there. Because when I watch horror movies, I'm always like, that is not how real life works. And of course, this is not how real life works. But it just was grounded in a way. I think some horror movies, I I can't believe I'm saying that because it's so like elevated. But no, I think that's exactly right. Thank you. I don't think there's any real jump scares in this movie. There might be like one or two, maybe when they show the head in the jar is the closest Mm -hmm. it gets that. But I... It doesn't do anything cheap like that. It doesn't, and it doesn't rely on the music to scare you either. Like it's, it's not leaning on any of the stuff that I don't enjoy about horror. It's just 
scary because the idea of this story is scary. So yeah, a man killing women to take fabric samples from them. Yeah, it's crazy. That's fucking scary as fuck. Yeah, that's fucking Uh terrifying. Like he's literally making human mannequins and like taking samples from them. That's amazing. The last category is it's uh, July is for birthdays. Kate's birthday month is February. This mm-hmm. movie was released on February 14th in the United States. Out of 10, how February was this movie released? I'm going with my old boy, 10. <laughs> it's uh, smack dab in the middle of February. You can't get more February than that. That's a 10. It's right there. Valentine's Day, the most romantic day of the year. Head over to the theater. You and your your special friend are about to have a night of the li- night of your life. That's a ten. I think. <laughs> I, I think this might. This might be a record breaker, folks. For sure, this is number one. This movie's a forty-nine point five out of fifty. Woo! A score that will live in infamy. <laughs> <from> me. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting a little Doctor Evil there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> An a million dollars. Sharks with laser beams I'm on their head. I'm not surprised. It's of course, it deserves it. Most well-regarded movie we've watched so far, it feels. Okay, what a pick. Thank you. It's one of only three movies, or yeah, only three movies to win every major category at the Oscars, which is Best Film, Best Director, Best Actor, Actress, and Screenplay. So that's, that's wild. Pretty crazy. That is wild. Uh, fucking great ass movie. Great ass pick, Kate. Thanks, Gotta guys. hand it to you. Thank you. I'm glad I chose this and not many of the other options I shared previously. Well, interesting you bring that up because it's time for me to pick my movie. And uh, I, this this took me a long fucking time. And I'd like to walk you guys through my process here. Please. My birthday's in September. I had to pick September movies. Uh, that's not the best month for movies, but it's not the worst. We, we get a lot of, we get a mixed bag. So uh, the first movie that I wanted to pick is a movie called Amadeus. This is a film I mm. love. I love it with all my heart. The running time on the film Amadeus is three hours mm-hmm. long. And I said to myself, I like my friends. I like them too much to make them watch a three-hour movie. Thank so you. So then I, then I, I said. I love that movie, though. And I've seen it several times and own that movie. Incredible. If, if I'd, lo- I'd recommend that to anyone at home. You want to watch a Agreed. great movie? Watch that movie. Fucking so good. Then I was like, ah, oh, okay. Maybe I'll pick a movie, another movie I like called Death on the Nile. This is a Hercule Poirot detective movie. This is, mm. this is a great film. Uh, that movie's two hours and 20 minutes. We're still pushing it. Then I say to myself, I know Brett and Kate, they like the shank. We love the shank. This is, this is a, this is a film that we've spoken about many times. I could probably just go right ahead and pick the shank. Everyone would be, uh, uh, the happiest camper. Uh, that movie's two hours and 22 minutes. These are all the longest movies in the world. You guys, I went through so many. And I finally decided that the movie we are going to watch came out in September 28th, 2001. It's 90 minutes long, the perfect length of a movie. It stars Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. It came out three weeks after 9-11. It is a little film called Zoolander. Yes! (laughs) Yes! Yeah, I'm going to enjoy this one. I'm not a Ben Stiller guy, but I like this. Good choice, buddy. Very good choice. Uh, There is one more thing I would like to do while I have you guys here. And that is read you a review of our podcast. Hell yeah. This is new? I believe this is new. Tell tell me if I've read this to you before, but I'm pretty sure I haven't read this one yet. Uh, This is a five-star review from Anonymous in California. Not your parents, Siskel and Ebert. Anyone can produce a podcast, but not all podcasts have a strong format or the witty banter shared by Brent, Nate, and Kate. A true joy to discover this show is pure entertainment, not just film critique. If you're looking for something slightly offbeat, you won't be 
disappointed five stars. We oh my gosh. I'm so flattered. Legit, one of my favorite things to hear are reviews. If if it means the world to us, it uh, really does. We really appreciate anybody who takes the time to leave us a review. I think people that leave us a review are as handsome as Ryan Gosling. Wow, and as talented as Tone Hops. Tone Hops, That's and, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, we've done all of our segments. We've talked about an entire movie. We've planned for next week. That means the only thing left to do is say goodnight, Kate. Good night, Kate. Good night, Kate. He's the most famous supermodel on the planet. Now, the Prime Minister must be eliminated. He'll be called upon to save the day. We need your help. He just won't be able to spell it. D-A-I-Y-E. Friday, meet the new face. They're breakdance fighting. Of danger. Ben Stiller. If you find the files, you can stop them. They're in the computer. They're in the computer? Zoolander. Ready PG-13. That's what he asked Miggs. He's like, so growing up, Miggs, did you bowl a dog? <laughs> did you bowl a dog with your friends? <laughs> or did the dog bowl you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll bark no bite, Miggs.